Mark, who do you think is uh, happier about the trade deadline, uh, John Wall or Rockets fans? Welcome to the Hoops and Recreation podcast, the fortnightly podcast where we take you through four 12-minute quarters of all things basketball. I'm your co-host for today, Matt, and with me, as always, the biggest thing in basketball to come out of the year 1985, Mark. Was it even a real trade if you didn't go back to your old team? (laughs) And our sixth man of the year, every year, Wardy. Hey, dudes. We have a great episode for you today with lots to talk about, so let's get started. I feel like we have, in the first quarter, probably the biggest recap that we've had to do since doing this uh, podcast, because the trade deadline, you you mentioned there, Mark, about was it even a trade if you didn't go back to your old club? Uh, The trade deadline was an absolute madness this year. And not only that, LeBron decided that he was going to score a few extra points and break the scoring records at the beginning of the week. But we'll, we'll talk a little bit about LeBron uh, later on. I feel like we have to uh, address the elephant in the room nice and early in this quarter. And that is that uh, Wardy is going to get a fine for tampering because he decided in our last episode to mention, uh, let's not focus too much on Kyrie. I wonder what KD's going to do. And like two days later, all of a sudden, KD's on the sun. So uh, Wardy... Get your gloating out nice and early, mate. Uh, the, the, the listeners won't see this, but Wardy's uh, name on the Zoom is NBA Champs 2023. So I feel like he's happy today. And his smile is from ear to ear. I've never seen all of his teeth before until today. Uh, the hoops and recreation curse has striked again, but this time in a positive way for yeah. Wardy. 100%, 100%. I feel like I'm going to start making these statements. At the end of this season, I'm going to be like, yeah, Giannis is going to be a clipper or something like that. And hopefully it happens. I don't know. You've got to start pronouncing his name his name correctly before uh, <laughs> he starts joining your team. <laughs> I feel like Giannis in a British accent just doesn't sound right, does it? Like There are certain accents where names don't sound right. And just in my British southern accent, it's not right. Giannis. Yanis. Yeah, no, it sounds like he's from <laughs> Switzerland Giannis. instead. Yeah, like, my accent is not right. But Wardy, you must be very happy today, mate. I am very happy, but it is a double-edged sword because um, he's probably not going to play for a, a period of time. And we've, um, yeah, very sad to see Michael Bridges and uh, Cam Johnson go because they were obviously huge, huge parts of keeping the Suns afloat recently. But, you know, when you got KD right there for the taking it's it's an easy choice and it does you know give fill me with a lot of hope but also i've already been through it recently where we had a lot of hope in 2021 and i know how that ended for me so i'm excited that we got a chance but also i don't want to feel like that ever again um, but yeah it's <laughs> It is a great trade. Um, Even Mikael Bridges said he'd made the trade. He'd make the trade if if he had the choice as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, of course he would. Yeah, yeah, KD doesn't come around often. I'm a little bit annoyed though that you guys didn't do this at the beginning of the season when he first mm. had his trade request in, uh, because me trying to be the ultimate peacekeeper in our preseason predictions, saying that the Suns were going to win or finish first in the West, I feel like if you'd done this eight months ago. I might have actually been right. And instead, I mean, come playoffs, the Suns are going to be an absolute nightmare. But I still don't think you're finishing anywhere near the top where you currently are now compared to kind of with the time out for KD and things like this. I would have liked you to have done it eight months ago. Yeah, but we know that that doesn't make any difference. And with Chris Paul and KD, you know they're going to miss games. So you you play it for the long one. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a very exciting time to be a Suns fan regardless of all the risks, um, for, you know, the reward is huge. Have you currently got enough players to field a team? <laughs> no, I don't think so, because I don't think a single player coming back can actually play. You are, you are thin, though. You are thin on the ground at the yeah. moment, aren't you? I'm, I'm trying to remember what we got back for Saric as well, because he went, and I I don't even remember who it got, or was it just... I, I think and... it was a washing machine uh, and four <laughs> pints of milk. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't a lot. No, your entire like team from here out is just going to be like, obviously, KD, 
book CP3, all earning stupid max contracts, and then everyone else on the minimum, basically. Like they no got one... four players of max contracts, and that's oh fuck, because Aiton's a max. Oh <laughs> Jesus Christ, God! You've got volunteers coming off the street every single game for the rest of your squad. Jesus Christ! <laughs> we picked up um, Terence Ross as well, didn't we? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's an interesting pickup because we've only seen him uh, in you know kind of that terrible Magic team for the last few years. So it's going to be interesting what he does um, as a real six man who can contribute to a contender. You're also looking at Danny Green as well. So again, I've watched Danny Green a few times this season. And if I'm totally honest, I hate to say this about players, but he doesn't look like he's got his legs anymore. Um, He was a really good defender um, and shooter, but he looks like he can't defend good players anymore. Um, I'm, I'm sure he can still shoot the lights out. And with those guys on the floor, he's going to get space. But it'll be interesting to see if um, he's given more of a chance than he was in Memphis and if he can, you know, prove me prove me wrong in, in that regard. Yeah, I don't think he's he's got it left. You know, he's been injured. I don't think he's played for yeah. Memphis. Um, I'm just checking. The Sun's got Darius Baisley from the Thunder, so it doesn't move the needle. Oh, he's a decent player, though. Yeah, but we've got a few of those. We've got, we got most most of those on the uh, outside <laughs> of those four. Everyone else is decent. Yeah, so Ross is your X Factor at the moment off the bench. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since he was a big piece of the Raptors, wasn't he? Um, mm. You know, he helped them get so far, and then they had to make those huge changes to finally get to where they wanted to go. Uh, and then, like you say, he was languishing on the Orlando Magic doing really well so we got to see whether he's been able to pick up a skill set as being a leader and mm. can he transition that into sort of being an excellent six man which you know mm. it was him or Reggie Jackson and I think Jackson picked the Nuggets either of those would have been good has Reggie Jackson gone to the Nuggets mm-hmm. how have I missed that your favourite player oh man well I mean we can get into the Clippers talk later I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil the first quarter with the uh, Clippers talk we can save that to a little bit later because I feel like we can't not transition from KD to former Nets teammate uh, Kyrie Kyrie's been playing very good for the Mavs. Surprise, surprise. Uh, as if anyone saw that one coming. Uh, he he played his first two games uh, in a Mavs uniform uh, without Luca and won. Uh, both games, he played very, very well uh, against the Clippers, which is his debut. He scored 24-4-5. and five. Uh, Then against the Kings, 25-3-10. So absolutely killed it there. He did, they did lose his first game back with Luca against the Kings in overtime. But I feel as if that loss was more circumstantial than anything else. They played the Kings. It was a back-to-back as it, well, it was it? A ba- it was a back-to-back. The Kings had just lost. And basically, um, uh, they just, what you could tell the Kings' attitude, they just weren't losing it. Like, they just yeah. were not going to, like, Fox was not going to let them lose that game. Um, if you look at his stats, he scored 35, in which 25 of those are in the fourth or overtime. So he That's he crazy. just he wasn't going to lose that game. Uh, but they looked very very good together. Oh. I mean, even in the OT loss, he still scored 27 and seven, and Luca was plus th- like above 30 points. So, like as we kind of expected, it just gives the Mavs something else right like the whole season Luca's been pulling out 30 40 point masterpieces being double teams the whole time now you can't really double team Luca because you've got Kyrie there and if you if you are managed to focus on both of those they just have some really good shooters that are just able to knock down threes around like them in the pick and roll is going to be absolutely crazy. And then if they're not scoring off the pick and roll, then they're just going to be throwing it out, to kicking it out to shooters. And they're, they're definitely going to be a menace. Definitely going to be a menace. Yeah, big time. Been excited to uh, to see them together. And it's going to take a few games to uh, to kind of gel. Um, it's not just uh, Curry, you know, meshing with Luca. It's, you know, kind of bringing the whole team to get together and uh, the different chemistry. So, yeah, it's going to be exciting to uh, to see how they go on as the season progresses. The other team I want to talk about was the Nets. Yes, um, you know, obviously they were they were gutted of their their kind of two star players, but they have ended up with quite a nice squad of players, um, as defensive minded as they might be. Yeah, um, it's like Dimwitty and the and the four defenders, the defenders of the earth. I like that. That sounds like a nice kind of TV series, doesn't it? Spencer Dimwitty and the defenders of the earth. That sounds like a film that goes straight to Netflix <laughs> rather than the theatres. <laughs> 
yeah, it was. They they won the first game uh, that Dinwiddie came back, and he had a big game. And then um, w- once Bridges and Johnson had come over, they started Dinwiddie, Johnson, Bridges, um, Doe, and um, Claxton, uh, which is a super defensive lineup. And they lost that game. Um, but again, Dinwiddie didn't didn't have much of a scoring game, and nor did Cam Thomas. And they're really going to need those two to be scoring threats because they're going to be able to shut other teams down. Um, but you need offense to to as much as defense wins championships, as the old saying goes. You need offense to win games. How do you guys think they're going to do this year? Do you think they're still going to end up in a playoff position? I like seeing Bridges just plug in to what he was doing with the Suns. Uh, it gives me hope that he could be a little bit more than a role player. I think he's mm-hmm. he's at best third best player, maybe second, depending on mm. what your, the outcome of your team is. But mm-hmm. he didn't miss a beat. He has gone from. Yeah, all that experience with the Suns, he's taken it right to the nets. He looks really confident. He's the sort of guy who could probably be a leader on a team like that with mm. all of his experience as well, and a young team as well. So they're not looking up to mm. someone like KD or Kyrie. He's yeah. the sort of organic leader that a yeah. team like that needs. It's interesting you say he didn't miss a beat. He did miss one beat because he missed one game. And he is the current NBA <laughs> leader in uh, the Ironman, isn't he, in the, the games played in a row. I, does it still count? Is he is it, is it still legal? That does his streak still count? Because obviously, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't around to play. He wasn't eligible for play for play for either team. So he did miss one game, which is the first he's missed in like in his it, it, almost his whole career, isn't it? Must be. He's always there. Yeah. I didn't think of that. I'll write to Adam Silver and tell him he's got to let that one slide. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reason. He's been told not to play, isn't he? Basically. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think he was available. Most people miss a game, don't they? In between yeah. the yeah. trades, just through. I mean, travel and stuff. Yeah, like that. you never, you, you've got to completely go to a whole new team, right? Like, and what happens if the day before you were ha- scheduled a game one end of the country, and then the next day you're scheduled the complete other end of the country? Like, you've got to kind of sort that out, right? Um, I, I was saying to you guys before in our, in our group chat, like, I just think for the Nets, they're going to be just a fun team um, to watch, right? Like, it kind of, I feel as if they could have, to a certain degree, the same. Um, uh, kind of uh, buzz about them as they did with Spencer Dinwiddie there the first time and D'Angelo Russell like they they might overachieve a little bit like you've just said there Mark if they are able to actually kind of string together some good offensive uh, kind of games they might end up I don't know in the play-in or something like this this year they might just about like scrape the playoffs but I just think that without with how much is left of the season and them losing a lot of their firepower this is where Miami Knicks, Atlanta start pushing up a little bit. So I do think that they're more likely to maybe, I mean, they're fifth at the minute. I could see them finishing maybe eighth or ninth or something like that if the other teams kind of push above. It's tight in that Eastern Conference around those few spots. You get the, the, the Celtics and the Bucks are miles away, um, but everybody else is really tight together there. So yeah, I agree. Anything could happen. What are you, what are you saying? Playoffs or playing? Playing. Playing. Okay. So we've got a bit of an agreement here. They're going to play-ins the Knicks are just gonna bump up all those teams the, the Nets are gonna drop down and all those teams will say the same oh so you think that you think that Miami's gonna go up to fifth and then the Knicks are just gonna kind of get it at the sixth yeah yeah just the Nets dropping out I can't see much change I can't see Atlanta pushing for the playoff spot I mean the play-in the chance to get seventh or eighth is basically just a chance to get absolutely whooped by the Celtics oh, or yeah, Bucks yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It, so it, like it's six or nothing really if you get seventh or eighth you're just getting destroyed in the first round at least at least six, you might have a chance against Philly. Like the Knicks might be able to take that to six games. Hey, if Wardy, if Wardy can manifest KD coming to the Suns, <laughs> can we, we can Knicks manifest the Knicks <laughs> going to sixth. <laughs> right, so that moves us on to the second quarter. And uh, in this quarter, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about some uh, fashion around the league. And uh, the first thing that we should really talk about, we'd be stupid not to, is... Uh, LeBron receiving his one-of-one custom pair of LeBron 20s from Nike. Uh, It was They they were kind of commissioned um, by Shoe Surgeon uh, to to make. And the shoe commemorates uh, the fact that LeBron broke the scoring records uh, during the week. Uh, Again, as I said, it almost seems silly that in a week where... Kyrie goes to the Mavs and KD goes to the Suns. We're also somehow 
kind of fitting in there that LeBron has also broken the scoring record. Like it has to be one of the most shocking weeks in the NBA. Um, but if you look at the shoe itself, um, very classy looking shoe it is this kind of normal uh, LeBron 20 silhouette that we're kind of getting used to over the course of the year. Uh, but if you haven't seen the shoe itself, uh, the upper of the shoe is basically all white uh, croc uh, leather. Uh, with that, you have a, croc, a gold croc leather swoosh with a silver swoosh kind of behind it with the traditional kind of double swoosh that we have there on the LeBron 20. Uh, the kind of midsole of the shoe fades from a gold in the back of the shoe, kind of white in the, the, the forefront. And then as it goes towards the, the, the front of the shoe, sorry, it's white, but it has all of these little kind of etchings in there. And the idea here is that these are all deliberate landmarks from his career you've got an icy blue uh, outsole and if you look at the outsole it says plus 38,388k uh, which yeah just a, a kind of a, a nod to him breaking the scoring record comes in a massive marble box uh, what are you guys we'll talk about LeBron first of all breaking the scoring record well in a second actually but before we get to that what do you guys think about this shoe seeing as this quarter is all about fashion we might as well talk about the shoe first what do we think about this kind of nod from Nike it's alright it's alright <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally honest I'm not a fan of the shoe surgeon I think he's a one trick pony he's been doing the same thing like the same shoes making jordan ones out of python for you know 10 years and uh it doesn't do anything to excite me at all i really liked the colorway um until i saw it was python um which kind of all you know automatically means it's unwearable and you know you're not going to get like a release of it as well so yeah it's nice yeah. for to have um a one of one but it, it would have been nice for them to do maybe you know like the kobe big stage that they did uh, you know, with the numbers all over it, with his achievements that was available as well. Like that was a really nice touch and like could have done something like that. Like they could have released it yeah. at the time, you know, when they do those kind of quick strikes when it, you know, it happens and then suddenly it's available on your app, like for a, for a limited period of time, that that kind of thing would have been yeah. really cool. I think um, something commemorative for everybody, but they haven't. I think they've dropped the ball a little bit on that. Yeah. So yeah. Nice pair for LeBron to display, but I think Nike could have done a lot more for the consumer, you know, for the fan. Because um, it was a weird moment, wasn't it? Like, let's be honest, the the, the game, there's, there's 10 seconds left in a quarter. They stopped the whole game, like, to do this kind of big moment, get Kareem out and everything like that. And then LeBron doesn't play. Like, <laughs> and, they, and, they, and they lose the fucking game. Yeah. Like, it's weird and they need to win games yeah like, yeah, yeah desperately need wins like he, and he was like nah see i'm done i'm done after that but you could weird. also i mean i also feel like after that you could tell that there was just like a massive relief off of the shoulders of yeah. lebron right because uh i mean he didn't play the following game um i don't believe against the bucks uh, no. And then he also didn't play the game after that against the Warriors. So it's almost like, and now I don't have to put my body through so much stress just trying to beat this scoring record. Like you said, it was almost like he did it. And then after that, it was like, and now I'm going to stop for I'm going to give myself a little break because I'm LeBron and I've been playing 20 years and I've just broke the scoring record. Obviously, ph phenomenal feat to, to, like, to, to, to achieve. Um, Absolutely amazing feat to achieve. But like, it's... For me, that's something that you would, and it's mega. Like, don't get me wrong, it's absolutely mega. It's something no one thought would ever be broken. You know, one of those records, like John Stockton's assists, that they, they, people thought would never be broken. Uh, and he's done it. It's absolutely amazing. No one will ever be at his level at his age. You know, it's just ridiculous. But they desperately need wins. And <laughs> yeah. for him to just kind of like check out, I, I just find it really strange. Like, he's like, oh, this is me. Like, is that isn't he's done for the season? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, gonna, are you interested in playing the rest of the year? Do you want to make the playoffs? Do you want to try and win another championship, or is it just about that? I I just feel really weird about the fact that he's just like mentally sort of checked out of you know of that game, and then the, the last couple of games not played as well, just after this one achievement, which is great. But for me, the the achievement isn't getting those points, is it? Like it's those points just come that that comes with all the stuff you do right yeah it is the secondary part of it yeah yeah yeah. yeah. can you imagine like michael kobe like they would have wanted to win that game because they wouldn't have wanted to i've done that comparison of course but they wouldn't have wanted to lose like we're talking about kobe you know 
he absolutely would, was never going to lose that his last game, was he? Like the last game he played, even though no. they had a terrible season. He was never, ever going to lose that last game he played. And I feel like with Bron, like, don't you want to win that game? Don't you want to say like, oh, I beat the scoring record and we won the game? Like, you went and lost the game against the Thunder. They're not even good. Oh, sorry. That's my rant. You feeling better now? You feeling better now? <laughs> <laughs> this is group therapy with Hoops and Rec here. <laughs> I'm sure other people must feel the same way because I just feel it's No, bizarre, I do totally get it. What would have been amazing is he broke the scoring records and then all of a sudden gone off for like, right, now I've hit this achievement. Now let's take care of business. Um, yeah, exactly that. And if he'd gone off for 40, 50 points or whatever and just absolutely destroyed the Thunder, like, because you are right, people are going to look in the re- uh, record books and be like, oh, that was the game that Bron broke the scoring title, but his team lost. It would have oh. been the fairy tale ending if he had won and it was a bit of a comeback from the Thunder. And yeah, now it's it puts the Thunder in a more advantageous position and all it does oh. is put LeBron's name at the top of a scoring list so really as the Lakers organization LeBron is the only person that's won from that scenario the Lakers as an organization haven't won in that scenario uh so I, I completely and utterly I, I empathize with your rant there Mark totally get it this <laughs> <laughs> is a definite mindset change as well he turned up on to that game on Tuesday in the the full suit like yeah. he looked smart as hell he turned up thursday i don't know if you guys saw but he had the the do-rag on a t-shirt which didn't fit him properly like some like <laughs> three-quarter length like pants and just some whatever shoes he put on he was like oh bro you really have like checked out now yeah, you're yeah. just chilling yeah <laughs> hey lakers fans are probably gonna hope that he isn't checking out and just chilling because uh they were also a team that had, were busy during the trade deadline and uh, they have actually decided to funnily enough surround uh, LeBron with uh, some people that can kind of shoot a three so <laughs> kind of yeah there's this hope that he hasn't mentally checked out like by all means he's not surrounded by snipers now but he's also not surrounded by Russell Westbrook so he yeah let's hope that it's just that he's having a little uh, little break spring break halfway through the season and now he's gonna kind of hopefully come back and well, I say hopefully I don't know why I want a Lakers, the Lakers to do well but for his career <laughs> it would be quite nice for him to do alright uh, Wardy what do you think first of all about the shoes uh, we didn't hear your opinion on the shoes here before Mark went on a rant what do you think about the shoes and what do you think about uh, <laughs> sorry Wardy <laughs> him breaking the scoring record the shoes are nice they're better that they're one of one because it's, it's that no one's ever going to get them if, if they were for general release I think you'd get them and then you'd hang on to them and see how much you could sell them for, because you know, they, like you say, they're not, they're not a lot different to, you know, lots of other things that have done to celebrate these big moments. It's, it doesn't push the needle. Um, I'm, I'm with you guys. I would have loved to see him keep going. We know Kobe and Mike would have just, yeah, you know, he had 36 points in three quarters, and he's got two more points. He's got two more points. Yeah, just don't stop there. You, you're absolutely right, Mark. It was I've scored. It's all about me. I'm out. But just keep going, like get 48, get 50, make it a real landmark. Yeah, 36 points in this day and age is not a lot, is it? You know, people can do that. No, not this season. You get get 50, you get 60 points. People like he was after it that night. He wanted to do it. He kept going. Yeah, it's a disappointment, but still, it's a huge moment. It's it's one of those moments that you're glad that you could live through it. Um, it's something you remember. Well, talking about moments that I'm sure we're all glad that we're living through and uh, something that we can remember, um, seeing as this quarter is all about fashion, we have to talk about these fucking big red boots that are all over my timeline at the minute. (laughs) 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 Fucking big red boots. I don't don't know why you always turn into someone's dad. Grumpy old man. Yeah, yeah. Fucking big great boots all over my oh, bloody yeah. wellies. These <laughs> bloody re- like bloody Paddington bear hey, out they'd here. They'd be really good when I go to Glastonbury this year. Like I'm not spending yeah. three hundred fifty dollars on a pair, but uh, they yeah. they would. Definitely... I don't think anybody is. No, I don't think anybody's spending three hundred fifty dollars on them. But it, lots and lots of people. Everybody who, who seems to be an American influencer has got them for free. Yeah, um, and that seems to be why they're all over the timeline. And we know mischief are the absolute masters um of promotion they, they always get their shit everywhere but i've never once seen anybody with a pair of mischief shoes in in real life on foot no they feel like these are going to be the same yeah. and, you know we go to a lot of sneaker events you know we, we 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 see what people are wearing and i've seen a pair of the vans for sale once but i've never seen anybody actually wear them 
uh, in person. No, if anyone hasn't seen the shoe, uh, you probably haven't been on social media really in the last like two <laughs> weeks. But uh, the, the, the brand Mischief, who are essentially more of an art company than they are a uh, kind of... A, They're a hype yeah, company. Yeah, hype is, is probably the best way of describing them, right? Like in the past, they have done a lot in the kind of sneaker space. They did the, the devil shoe, uh, the Jesus shoe. They've done a gobstopper shoe. That is basically a, a, a skate shoe that the more you skate it, it kind of like peels back the layers like a gobstopper. They've done all sorts of different... Uh, they, they released a, a boot recently, a $350 boot that literally looked like uh, someone had broken their leg straight out of the NHS. Like it was just basically a, a cast that they were selling for $350. But everything is normally collect, uh, connected to viral messaging. And this uh, this kind of shoe is, is no different. Um, the shoe itself, uh, as far as I'm aware, I, I don't know the cartoon or the anime. I'm probably going to get destroyed for calling it a cartoon. Astro Boy? Yeah, I thought it was Astro Boy. Yeah, yeah. everyone's basically dubbing these the Astro boy boots because they do just look like the the red boots from the the main character from astro boy but uh yeah we've seen so many people wear them shay of course was the first player to wear them um in the tunnel and i mean league league fit said that shay went off you know his fit was hard so it must be right it must be a hard fit if league fit said it was if shay if shay was wearing them yeah i'm gonna say one thing about shay's fit here and uh, as much as the boots are absolutely disgusting, the thing that really threw me off, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of Shea wearing these. What the fuck is wrong with his jeans? Where what is wrong with like, his jeans? Yeah. There's like deliberate like waves in his jeans, but like it looks... It, 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 they've put pads in the side of his jeans to make it look like they're wavy and I'm more offended by the jeans than I am the like boots. A, like a Sam Smith sort of thing, yeah? Yes, yeah, yeah. It looks like, <laughs> it looks like that, but baggy skate jeans. Um, we've also seen other viral videos. Uh, there was the video, of course, that everyone's probably seen of the guy lying on the floor being dragged around by his feet <laughs> trying to take him off. Um, Coy Ray played at the halftime show with the Brooklyn Nets wearing a pair. Um, someone else, I can't remember the, who you said, Wardy, was playing a pickup game with wearing them or something like that. Or Jan- Janelle Monet. So Shay, Coyle Ray, Janelle Monet. Oh, we're seeing a link here. <laughs> yeah. fa- fa- fabulous is going to have an absolute dream putting these together into a rap for his extra. Um, is anybody going to buy? I talked about this on my Instagram story this week, and lots of people think that people are actually going to buy them. Like 350 for what essentially is a shoe that is pretty unbearable and unwearable and will for me will only be relevant for like probably the next week or two do you two think anybody else is going to buy them i hope no one buys them they would be stupid to buy them um it's kind of very short period of time where everyone's talking about these boots and they're going to release another horrible shoe in a couple of months time and everyone will talk about that horrible shoe as well Uh, these aren't going to have any sort of longevity in the kind of sneaker space or anything like that P- puffy kind of seems to be the theme at the moment like with these boots that sam smith outfit that we talked about from the grammys and also um because th- this week rolled out with a jacket that looked like he'd had a massively i think you say he looked like he had a fight with a, a bicycle in a tube and lost yeah like what the fuck was that i yeah i don't understand it looks yeah puffy like i i like a puffer jacket in in the winter it gets quite cold here in the uk i quite like a little puffer jacket to keep me nice and toasty uh but yeah everyone's taking the piss now with all of these uh kind of extra pads being thrown on their clothes back in my day we just wore jeans and trainers all right so none of this fucking padded shit i'm sorry i've been the last couple of episodes i've been doing so well not to swear too much and i feel like i've gone in a rant about pads and i've completely blown it i'm sorry listeners I'm don't sorry, come everyone. against fashion dad Matt. <laughs> he, will, he will slay your fit he will ruin your fit Right, that moves us on nicely to the third quarter. This is our third quarter throwback where uh, basically every single week, Wardy takes us through a classic game for us to rewatch and uh, dissect a little bit. Um, Wardy, you teased uh, in the last episode that this was going to be your favourite all-star game. Uh, can you reveal to the listeners what game we're talking about this week? Of course I can. I'm sure it's been on everybody's mind for the last week. Uh, so I'll quickly... Run down uh, those in case you missed it. Um, so number five was 2009, with Shaq and Kobe kind of properly bury the hatchet and uh, win co-MVPs. 
uh, four was 1997. It was the 50 NBA at 50. Um, Jordan records the first ever all-star game triple-double. Uh, number three was 2020, basically the Kobe Memorial game. Um, it was a, a big one and the first real competitive game in a long time. Uh, number two was 1988, uh, Jordan's breakout season. He decided to win everything along with um, all-star game MVP. Uh, so number one, and uh, in our chat, Mark managed to guess this one correctly. So we must be right if we've both got it. Uh, but is the 2003 All-Star Game. Uh, this is Jordan's last game and the double overtime thriller uh, where the West, West win 155 to 145. Now I think, Mark, uh, Matt, you were not not a fan uh, around 2003, but um, I know you, I know you've had a chance to, to watch. Did you, you know, what did you think of this game? I totally understand why you have said that this is your favourite All-Star game because watching this game for the first time, it really feels like it had absolutely everything you would possibly want from an All-Star game. You had the, the, the fact that this was Michael Jordan's final All-Star game appearance, which in itself has a lot of anticipation surrounding the game. Um, the fact that you have players like Kevin Garnett and, and, and Alan Iverson absolutely going off for 30 plus points a game. You had the competitive nature of uh, Kobe um, and you also had humour. Uh, I feel like Shaq and Kobe in this game played the perfect like good cop, bad cop at the time because both of them obviously playing at the Lakers at this point in their careers, you had... Kobe, who was doing everything he possibly can, basically to spoil like Mike's night uh, on his final All Star game, uh, but you then had Shaq doing over exaggerated kind of crossovers to try and drive to the basket, and it just felt like you had everything that you could possibly need in this situation. Uh, and the final few seconds of that overtime period was just absolutely phenomenal right like Michael Jordan 4.8 seconds on the clock hits two points kind of puts the 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 east in the lead uh then all of a sudden uh West calls timeout uh inbound to Kobe fouled on the three-point line and scoring two of those three uh free throws to, to kind of force the second overtime it just seems like we were talking there in the first quarter about the idea that like Kobe's desire to win meant that he wouldn't have settled with a scoring championship right he would have absolutely pushed everything like he could have very easily just not tried to win that game he could have quite easily given Mike his moment in the final kind of closing seconds like oh this is my hero I've looked up to him let him get the winning two points to kind of close out his final all-star game and Kobe's there like no fuck this guy I'm gonna I'm winning this game and it just was like I said it was the perfect kind of combination of uh, everything you want from an all-star game. And also, I feel like I've never seen more no-look passes in my life. There were more behind-the-back no-look passes than there were probably normal passes in this game. Um, everyone was doing them. Shaq was doing behind-the-back no-look passes, like everyone that possibly could. Like, I, don't, I don't think anyone actually made eye contact when they were making a pass for the whole game. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a show from the second quarter onwards, wasn't it? Um, yeah. I mean, the start of the game, was great because the anticipation for Mike to score his first basket um, was so high and it only kept ramping up because he went 0 for 7. And I think by the time he missed 4, it, it was all the, the the gasps of, ah, oh, so close. And just that anticipation, it built up on itself because he'd missed so much. If, if he'd have scored the first one or two, he wouldn't have that at all. Um, yeah. so that really, really built up the game. And then he, he had a slow first half obviously then he he took over um but what got me was how intense that first quarter was it looks like an nba game yeah it, it, there was a lot of intensity um and then luckily it went back to business from quarter two onwards and we saw like you say the no look passes a ton of alley-oops uh people running out of the way on defense 
I think the coaches must have pulled them aside at the end of the first quarter. <laughs> this is boring. What yeah, what on earth are you doing? You've got to stop playing defence. I mean, but you look at how intense those players were and how competitive they were. I mean, that's one of the greatest errors of all-star games because you had yeah. so many great players who were young, who, who were within like three or four years starting their careers and are now Hall of Famers. And all those Hall of Famers that had done it and were just waiting to go. It was like the perfect, perfect encapsulation of that era, like the 90s to the 2000s. When you look back on it, you basically had a third of the NBA top 75 in one game. It was absolutely like ridiculously stacked. Um, It was very much um, small versus big though, wasn't it? The West had an absolutely massive lineup. I think they started with um, KG at three and and Timmy at, at four. Um, Yao Ming and Yao Ming has sent it, yeah, and they had Shaq off the bench, like, yeah, <laughs> not even, yeah, yeah, they had Dirk and Shaq off the bench, yeah, oh, yeah, Dirk like, as well, yeah. yeah. Whereas, um, whereas the, the East had uh, the Ben Wallace, uh, and um, Jermaine O'Neal, Jermaine O'Neal, uh, and who does they have off the bench? Uh, white guy who played for my, uh, Brad Miller, yes, yeah, Brad Miller, yeah, who was a, a good player, but at one point they didn't have any bigs on, like, I think uh, Antoine Walker was the, the biggest player. Uh, at one point on the court it was it was so fun man um one of the things that i obviously like vince carter letting mike start was one of the most kind of most beautiful things that happened um during it but uh one of the the funniest things that i i saw was uh i don't know if you guys noticed on the commentary and i don't obviously i don't remember this from when it happened the first time but they were they were talking about jason kidd and how good he was and there was talk at the time of him being traded to the Spurs for what was a 20 year old Tony Parker, uh, you you know, who was thinking was in his second season then. Uh, And that was like the big trade talk, you know, like Jason Kidd could go to the Spurs and and really make them uh, into a contending team or make them into a dynasty. Of course that trade didn't happen. And then Tony Parker went on to be one of the best point guards in the NBA and win four rings. It's crazy how stuff like that happened. But the, the way they were talking about it during the All-Star game, it was like it was almost a done deal. You mentioned there about Vince Carter letting Mike start. Uh, there was one takeaway that I had from Vince Carter because in the grand scheme of things, he played, what, like 25 minutes and scored nine points, Vince Carter. like he, I mean, he, it was giving that spot to Mike that was the yeah. big thing for him, right? But there was one play where he came down the court basically jumped so his head was scraping the roof of the arena huge 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 dunk and the commentators just went we expected more from vince and i was like you've got to be you've got to be kidding me like his whole arm went in he did like the honey dip dunk like mid game and the commentator was like is that it like where's the backflip or something like that to set it up like how is how is vince carter not absolutely destroying the basket like how is that not like a oh my god reaction i think it just it just spoke to what we were saying there that this the fact that this was just a, such a good all-star game. It did have all the oops, all the no-look passes, yeah. all of the kind of competitiveness, the humour, like I was saying, with Shaq. And like, it, it was watching it back, I completely see why. I know I said it a second ago, Wardy, but I can see why this was your favourite all-star game. Yeah, it had it really had everything. Um, and probably one of the most athletic groups, like of, of players as well, yeah. like T-Mac, Vince. How good was Alan Iverson, honestly? Oh, amazing. Like, it, I forget how quick Alan Iverson was until you watch him and he's, he's playing against all the best players in the world. He's still much quicker than everybody else. He had 35 points and, you know, he probably only dribbled the ball a few times because he's just like three, four steps, fast break, layup. Absolutely. It's such a joy to watch. You, you, I really need to uh, to watch more uh, Iverson clips. It's been too long. Yeah, great game. If you haven't watched it, Go back and watch it now. You will enjoy it as much as any game you you could possibly watch. Fantastic game of basketball. Had everything. Right, so into the fourth. Uh, This is where we spend a little bit of time looking ahead at some of the games that we have circled in our schedules. Um, We have deliberately decided this week to not 
talk about the uh, All-Star game because, of course, by the time this episode comes out, we are just a matter of four or five days away from the All-Star game. And we'll probably end up next week having a full roundup of the All-Star weekend. You've obviously got the Rising Stars game. You've got the dunk contest, the three-point contest. You've got the actual game itself. So we'll probably have, during our next halftime show, a, a proper... Uh, roundup of that but uh, what we'll do is there are a few games leading up to the all-star break and a few of these teams have some new players on them Uh, number one uh, I think you guys have got this circled in your diary as well Um, on the 14th of the day this episode goes live we have Warriors versus Clippers so for me As a Clippers fan, I'm kind of excited to see what the new Clippers team is going to look like uh, because we did kind of do some big moves, really. No huge, huge names joined the Clippers over the trade deadline, but we did a complete overhaul and really kind of introduced some big uh, role players for us. So um, we traded away uh, Luke Kennard, Reggie Jackson... Um, as well as that, we got rid of um, John Wall, and I think that might have been everyone. I'm probably missing someone, but I know they're the big three of Luke Kennard, John Wall, and Reggie Jackson. First time those three have been called the big three in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> they are for someone. They are you for heard someone. of uh, Gar- Garnett, Allen, and Pierce? Well. <laughs> <laughs> we no. can do better than that. <laughs> I watched Luke Gennard for the Grizzlies last night. He's still shit. Don't worry. You haven't lost that <laughs> anything there. <laughs> well, in return, we managed to get Bones Highland from the Nuggets, uh, Eric Gordon from the Rockets, and Mason Plumley. which, I mean, I was saying a little while ago on the podcast that we needed a backup centre for Big Zoo because Big Zoo is carrying a big load. I realised as soon as I said it, that didn't sound great. But uh, <laughs> we got Mason Plumley to give us a little bit of backup. Eric Gordon, a nice little spark off the bench and the same with Bones uh, Highland as well. He's averaging about 12 points a game uh, at the Nuggets. So a uh, nice young player to actually get a bit of youth back, seeing as we basically gave away our youth for Paul George. So uh, it's quite nice to have a little bit of youth back in return. Um, and that we're also apparently linked with Russell Westbrook in the buyout market whenever that happens. But yeah, it's the first time we get to kind of see the the new Clippers against the Warriors. Um, I'm excited to see Eric Gordon alongside Norman Powell off the bench. Um, uh, but I still, um, again, I'm hoping that we get that point guard in the buyout market. I know Paul George did uh, an interview recently where he was like, yeah, I think we need a, po- uh, a point guard, <laughs> Westbrook. Uh, so he, he's definitely hoping it's going to happen. And I think that could be the one thing that kind of is missing. But yeah, Warriors Clippers, two great teams in the West. It's always going to be a good matchup. It's just, I'm excited to see these new players and how they interact. And I like the trades that they made. I think they made the right trades um, because the team wasn't going anywhere. Um, all the players that they've got wanted moves as well. At Bones Highland's fantastic off the bench. Eric Gordon's been a great, consistent player off the bench. And you needed a backup center. You called this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Actually, Matt Sibley, so you spoke it into existence as well. Hey, not quite KD, but I'll deal with Mason Plumley and his, <laughs> yeah, his, left-handed, Plumley. his left-handed jump <laughs> yeah, yeah. shot that everyone keeps, keeps going viral. <laughs> so I think it's good. And you didn't give up too much for them either. No. Yeah, yeah, Jonathan wasn't playing well. Uh, you haven't really given up much else. The Westbrook thing's interesting whether he ends up there um, or not. It, it, it could really work. Um, it could be a disaster. Hear me out on this. I I like Westbrook in Miami. All right? Now just hear me out on this. This is a team which isn't going to win a championship this year as it is. They have got, like, Lowry's fine, but they play the slowest basketball ever. Now, you still start Lowry, right? But put Westbrook in with that second unit. They've got tons of shooters. They've got Robinson, um, Gabe Vincent, uh, Hero, like all these guys are shooters. Put put him around that second unit with all these guys who can shoot and bring that tempo up a lot, like when you need to, because fuck, they're slow and boring at the moment. I think it will work. Like, I think it could work. Uh, and also, like, him under like, the Pat Riley kind of administration, you know, like in that Miami Heat culture, I, I, I really like it. <laughs> I'm not going to be mad if it 
I'm not going to be mad if it happens because you've convinced me. Okay. But you've convinced me. Um, but I've also been saying for ages that I would like someone that's going to average about eight assists a game. So I feel as if Russell Westbrook just comes in. Don't shoot the ball unless it's a drive. Just do not shoot the ball and just basically set up everyone else. Like I think he would yeah. be he would be the perfect um, kind of addition. And not being funny, the last time Paul George and Westbrook played together Paul George was top three for MVP uh, he was rankings. he was they so played well together I'm, I'm I'm happy to say that but if it doesn't happen you've convinced me okay because the other rumor is the Bulls um and that will be fucking Jesus awful Christ oh, because they, they haven't got anybody who can shoot the fucking basketball <laughs> and we've just seen that it was it's, they're basically a shit version of the Lakers aren't they oh, so that, that's that, that is not happening at all. What, what do you, where do you like for Westbrook to end up? Don't say the Suns. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have CP3 started and Westbrook off the bench. Yeah, sure. I'm, str- I'm struggling to find where he might fit because he's at a strange juncture in his career. Um, and He'd want to go to somewhere to win, I'm sure. But they're not the teams that he's going to be able to, to go to. Um I did was hoping that John Wall would go to the Lakers and then you could say John Wall and Westbrook have played for all the same teams, just keep getting passed around for <laughs> yeah. each other. Uh so like, who who wants this one? Oh, I've got a, I've got a John Wall. I'll swap you a Westbrook or uh yeah, so, somebody else. No, I I can't see a good fit for him. I think he'll do well wherever he goes, but I can't see people lining up for him, which is a shame. It is a show. Yeah, I do think as well. I know I keep coming back to the Clippers here because I'm really trying to wish it into existence. But this is like, it's going to either go terribly or amazing. Like, I don't see this as a situation where Westbrook just comes and plays okay for the Clippers. Like, if you move from LA to the Clippers, like, this is either going to be a massive screw you to the Lakers and he has to do well, or it's going to be a you've gone from the Lakers to the Clippers. And you couldn't even do good in the second team in LA. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's... which is what which like Patrick Beverly's just had a shitter. Yeah, you know, I know he didn't go directly there, but I don't know if you guys saw statistically, he's the worst offensive player in the league this season. <laughs> like, that is fucking awful, isn't it? Like that, and he's not a good defender anymore either. He's, he he can't guard people. He's he, you know he's lost his legs again. Too old. Oh, your face at the moment is an absolute bitch. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to work out if. PJ Tucker retired suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> but PJ Tucker gets rebounds yeah. as well. And also, fuck, PJ Tucker against the Knicks. Arsehole, man. He must have shot that six ball of three. I was like, you decide the one game this year. You're going to play well as against the Knicks. Oh. Anyway, oh. yeah, let's see where Westbrook ends up. Um, but I'm excited to see it. There's a couple of other good games this week. Yeah, I was going to say, we've got to talk about the Nuggets, haven't we? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, because they're on a tear and evidently Jokic heard me talking shit about him at the start of the season. He's, he's up to 20, <laughs> 20 triple doubles already this season. I can't believe you went, oh, no one could drop no one could drop that many points and still be MVP. And, and Wally agreed at the time. I convinced him. And then it, Jokic is like, nah, I can be uh, fucking hold MVP. Hold my beer. <laughs> um, they, Wednesday night, they're playing the Mavericks. Um, which this is, is huge. That matchup's... Yeah, it's it's, it's huge. huge, isn't it? Not just in the standings, but it's just huge to see like Luca, Kyrie, um, and Jokic all together. Yeah. Uh, man, that is a great fucking game. Um, I would definitely be watching yeah. that one. Super and a lot of people, obviously, as soon as it was announced, Kyrie's going to the Mavs. Obviously, just before KD going to the Suns, because I feel like the betting odds all of a sudden skewed. But a lot of people saw those first two games with Kyrie and was like, well, that's it. The Mavs could win it all. And then you've kind of got like this, the new Mavs that are essentially title favourites versus the current biggest team in the West, the Nuggets. Now, obviously, with KD coming in, it's completely skewed that. And But still, I, I, I saw an article after the trade deadline of like people from ESPN or something saying, uh, who like who are their top four teams in the West? after these trades and everyone said the Mavs everyone unanimously said that the Mavs were top four in the West after the trade and obviously you're getting Kyrie Irving but you've now got a certified threat in the West with the Mavs versus the team that I think for a lot of people had up there as like the this is the final level boss that you have to face in the West um so I think this is this is definitely a big big game big big game huge and with Jokic, 
I still can't believe this MVP thing. Uh, <laughs> he could win it three years in a row. Like yeah. that puts him on the same level as Russell Chamberlain and Bird. Like that is ridiculous. Even Mike didn't win three in a Do row. Do you think though that they would just give it to someone else? Well, they did that with Mike, didn't he? They they gave it to Charles Barkley that year when Mike was definitely the best player in the league. Yeah, yeah I said that, Wardy, and you know it. You <laughs> <I> know it. <laughs> yeah. They gave it to Barkley, but there was. The funny thing is, I still don't see the Nuggets as a title contender. I think they're a great team, don't get me wrong. And, that you know, I don't know shit, obviously, about the Nuggets because <laughs> they, keep, they keep proving me wrong. But I still don't see them as a contender. When I watch the Celtics, man, they are so deep, so good. Like, they've, I watched a game against the Grizzlies and they've currently got Brown out. They've got Brogdon out. Um, Smart is out. And they killed it. Like, they, they killed the Grizzlies. It was close for a little while, but it, it wasn't anywhere near close in the end. And the Grizzlies are missing Stephen Adams, but nobody else. Yeah, Tatum didn't score a field goal in the second half either. In the second half? No, they get, like, Hauser, like, destroyed the Grizzlies. <laughs> you know, they've got... Griffin didn't even play. And he's been contributing well recently. Like, they've got so many weapons. Well, talking about the Celtics and all of their weapons, uh, on the 14th, they are up against the Bucks, And of course we have the mm. uh, first versus second in the East. And uh, the, the Bucks have this guy. Um, I don't know if you know who he is, Mark, but his name is Giannis, <laughs> uh, not Yanis. His name is Giannis. And uh, he's currently on an absolute tear. So as of the day of recording, the Bucks are on a 10 game win streak which is currently the biggest in the NBA and just to very quickly go through Giannis's last few games uh, against the Clippers his last game 35 points Lakers 38 points Blazers 24 points Heat 35 points Clippers 54 points the little shit uh, Hornets 34 points Pelicans <laughs> Pelicans 50 points Pacers 41 33 against the Nuggets like he's just casually throwing up all of these numbers a casual yeah. 33 a casual I mean the fact that he had an off game against the Blazers and scored 24 is kind of a little bit absurd to me, to be perfectly honest. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Giannis is just... So what you're saying is that Johnny Antetokounmpo could be <laughs> the MVP. <laughs> yeah, Gareth Antetokounmpo could do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a massive game. That could be um, where the Eastern Conference Finals quite easily. Yeah. Who, who are you taking? Uh, in this game, not the not the Eastern Conference Finals. Wardy, who have you got? It's at Milwaukee. I think Bucks. Just because, yeah, because they're on a tear and it's at home. Yeah, and the injuries for the Celtics as well. Yeah, that would move them if they win. You know, obviously there's other games as well, but they're only two games uh, or one and a half games um, behind at the moment. So that is pretty exciting. It makes it so close. The league is so close this year. It's so good. This is the best NBA season for so long. Is this the dagger? Right, guys. Well, um, with that, we should uh, probably wrap the, the the episode up. We've got, obviously, a, a big week ahead of us in regards to games. We've just said there some huge, huge games coming up this week and then uh, All-Star after that. So uh, hopefully next time you hear from us, we'll be able to talk about the gazillion half-time three-point shots from uh, all of the ridiculous All-Stars in the All-Star game and a load of ridiculous dunks because, hey, I feel like it's going to happen. Despite the fact that half the the squad is injured, it, it it might be... John Wall playing by the end of it, by the end of the injury list. I don't know. But uh, with that, I'll say thank you for listening to the Hoops and Recreation podcast. Remember, if you like this episode, leave us a five-star rating and review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Make sure you follow at Sneakers and Recreation on Instagram to keep up to date with all things Hoops and Recreation. And until next time, goodbye.